0: Welcome to the third episode of Redemption, a podcast series to save deposit return systems. Today, we look at the second of the 10 essential practices laid out in a guide to modern deposit return systems, 10 essential practices, which you can find at bottlebillreimagined.org. The second essential practice under the area of regulations is point of return. Let me go right to the guide to see how this important practice is articulated. (laughs) Point-of-return requirements ensure that consumers have easy, equitable access for returning containers and redeeming deposits. A retail-focused return approach consistently shows 87% return rates compared with 71% for return-to-depot or redemption centers. Retail return can also generate increased foot traffic for smaller stores, encouraging their participation. Returning empty beverage containers for a deposit refund should be as easy as a routine grocery shopping trip. Point of return requirements in bottle bill legislation ensure a consumer-friendly collection network, which also drives up return rates for containers. One country that has used this practice in the best possible way is Germany, which as a result has one of the highest return rates for beverage containers in Europe, reaching 98% in 2021. Let's hear directly from an expert in Germany who understands how this system and this practice works on the ground. Today we have Henrietta Schneider, who is the CEO of ReConsult, a consultancy that supports stakeholder groups in setting up, optimizing, and ultimately scaling effective systems for packaging. So Henrietta, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I want to drill right down and talk a little bit about Germany, where you're based and where you're from, Um, and you have a lot of experience with the German deposit return system. Our listeners may not know, but Germany has one of the highest return rates for beverage containers in Europe, reaching 98% in 2021. Tell us the role of the return to retail approach, how that has played into Germany's success.
1: Yeah. Hi, Elizabeth. First of all, thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast. In Germany, there is a DRS on plastic, metal and glass single-use beverage packaging, and we have a return rate of 98%. And that is mainly because we have returned to retail in Germany. That means that retailers and other final distributors are obliged to take back single-use beverage packaging of the same material. So everybody has to take back all the materials that they sell, plastic, metal, and glass. And if retailers are below 200 square meters, they only have to take back the brands that they sell. This very strict return to retail approach is one success factor for the high return rate of 98%. And that is because consumers know that they can return their containers anywhere, and they usually return their containers with the weekly shopping There is no additional time required, no additional trips required. Of course, return is accessible. It's convenient. It's easy and it's clean, right? So return to retail is really normal in Germany and for German consumers. They don't question it and it has become a routine for everybody. So when you go to the shop, you just take a bag of empties with you.
0: And I want to get into what you just said, that it's been really normalized in Germany You know, in the US and elsewhere, we often find that retailers, particularly for when new deposit return systems are being considered legislatively, there's a lot of resistance from retailers to hosting return points. How is Germany able to enact legislation for modernized DRS where retailers play such a crucial role? And, you know, as I've seen myself being in German supermarkets, like the retailers are even involved with the preparation of the containers to be picked up by distributors um, and sent back to the producers, whether it's for reusable packaging and then for for single use, there's also often a lot of work that the retailers are doing to prepare the material. So that's a big list. I mean, how, what's been the experience in getting retailers on board with this?
1: When the DRS was first introduced, retailers really realized that this is an opportunity for them because, first of all, it's an additional service that they can offer to their customers, right? So if they offer clean and easy return, then they might get the people into their shops and they might make more business. And the second thing is that in Germany, we have a bit of a differently organized DRS, and that means that retailers actually keep the material that is being returned to them. And they can earn money with that, too. In other legislations, in other countries, you might have a handling fee. We don't have that in Germany. But here, retailers really benefit from keeping the material that they take back.
0: So what you're saying is they have the material ownership. And in that way, they're able to sell the material and earn revenue on it, which is quite unique. I mean, we don't really have examples of that in the U.S., was that something they negotiated for? Like, how did that come to be the way the system was designed and implemented in Germany?
1: Yeah, Germany was really an, quite, a quite early DRS. So DRS was introduced in two thousand three, and of course there was a big opposition. For example, by retailers. So this kind of mode of organizing the DRS was, of course, also to to make everybody collaborate. But really, in other countries, there's a handling fee we don't have a handling fee in germany so i think overall it's really it's really a fair system like in other countries as well just that in germany the retailers can earn revenue by just keeping the containers that they take back and selling the material selling it uh, for recycling
0: Yeah, so I think that's a major motivation for retailers to kind of design the system in a way that maximizes recovery. I mean, one of our stats is that, you know, Germany has approximately 130,000 redemption points, um, which is probably the, the best ratio that we know of one return point for every 640 residents across the country How was Germany able to reach such a vast network of return points?
1: We really do have many, many return points for empty containers in in Germany. And that is also due to legislation, right? That is due to the return to retail obligation or the take back obligation for retail. And that means that every shop that puts beverage packaging on the market has to take it back. There is this threshold of 200 square meters. So uh, below that, you only have to take back the brands you sell. But above that, you have to take back everything. And if there are many shops that sell beverages, then obviously there will be many return points, right? So that is actually quite simple.
0: I'm delighted to speak with our next guest, Mike Noel, who works for Tamra, North America. Mike, tell our listeners very quickly what you do.
2: Well, hi, Elizabeth. Uh, It's great to be here. So what I do, and maybe I'll talk a little bit about Tamra first and kind of help feed into that. Um, Tamra is uh, one of the world's largest providers of recycling and reuse technology. Um, We provide a a range of innovative technology and solutions for the collection and and reuse and recycling of, of different materials. That involves being involved in every major deposit return system in the world, including all 10 U.S. deposit states where I'm based. And my role here is a public affairs director. So I get to work with uh, mostly external stakeholders on uh, all things circular economy. Since deposit return systems are uh, legislated, um, then that involves engagement with government stakeholders. Uh, There's always a lot of talk about how to modernize these systems in the U.S., and most of our deposit systems were founded in the 70s and 80s. So there's a lot of discussion about, well, how do we bring them up to today's standard to make sure they're reaching their full potential? And uh, yeah, really, it's just kind of uh, talking with policymakers about bringing Tomer's global experience to bear. Oddly enough, there are learnings that a state like Connecticut can learn from Latvia or Australia or Canada, um, even though we think of ourselves as Americans and for the frontiersmen of the world. There's a blueprint for success in a lot of these circular economy conversations, be it recycled content or EPR for packaging and, and deposit return systems.
0: I think that was has been a, a pretty... Um, key element in, in motivating the development of our guide to modern DRS too, which is you know how you build it matters. All right, so help our listeners understand how RVMs play into this and you know what are some of the criteria for RVM operations that you see making a, a key difference in enhancing or optimizing point of return conditions in a, in a modernized DRS?
2: sure so I you know, I think most folks might be under aware of what rVms are and their value but just to be uh, I guess extra clear because some some people think uh, reverse vending machines are, are purely for the consumer but they're when you peel back the onion there's there's really like a um, They benefit multiple stakeholders throughout the system in a variety of ways. So RVMs are reverse vending machines. You can place your container either in a single feed RVM one at a time or a bulk feed RVM where it can take over 100 at a moment and repay the consumer immediately um, or through some form of electronic payment. The benefit here is mainly for the consumer. So um, if there weren't RVMs, then you would have to take your containers over the counter in most cases in a manual system. In fact, this is the way deposit systems used to work. It was a retailer used to have a whole dedicated area and one or two staff members always taking back containers. Still and the, the frank- case
0: in much of New York City.
2: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just go some, to a CVS. Well, yeah, CVS is now they have some, either they have RVMs or um commingled take-back solution, where then it's brought through a, a bulk RVM solution off-site, but, um, but no, st- still manual locations if they're low volume. But this is, this is actually how timer was, was founded. It was two brothers who uh, invented the first fully automated RVM to help out their retailer friend um, to automate the take-back process. So it's a benefit for retailers that so they can essentially automate most of that take-back process. The consumer doesn't have to wait at, in line as much in that one line for, for take-back. They now have multiple RVMs in most cases. They get their deposit money back immediately. They don't have to wait. But it's also important, I think a lot of folks don't understand this, is that there's benefits for the beverage companies who finance the system and the take back of of the containers because um, they reduce the cost of deposit systems by mitigating fraud. So they only accept containers with a barcode that was provided by the producer and they're uh, subject to audits by the state. So um, it's verified technology um, and they help it mitigate fraud or, or bad actors in that way. And in most cases, they um, also compact containers, which is a major benefit to the system because you can fit you know, almost two thirds as many containers on the same number of trucks. And that, that dramatically reduces the number of truck trips, the number of trucks on the road, the transportation costs, and the, of course, the greenhouse gas emissions from the whole take-back phase, which can be a big benefit in a, let's say, in a large rural state uh, or parts of the rural state like New York. Um, so that's, that's kind of why RVMs have been adopted by virtually all the modern deposit systems out there. So that's important to know that consumers have rights. Second would be they need to require a form of immediate payment. So typically that's done through a script or some sort of electronic mechanism that allows the consumer to get paid back immediately. Delayed payment options where they're paid back after the fact, that's fine. And perhaps that can be offered, but it's kind of like a nice to have. Um, The the point of deposit systems is that getting your deposit money back should be as easy as buying it in the first place. So immediate payment is critical. Additional services can be offered on top of that, but immediate payment is kind of like the baseline guarantee for consumers.
0: Why does bottle bill legislation really need to center on convenience and user experience? And how does Tomra approach this
2: issue? We were looking at the systems that achieved around a 90% redemption rate or higher. Um, And of those systems, you identify that they typically have a higher number of return locations uh, per person than the lower performing systems. And uh, when you look into how that's possible, it's because they typically engage retailers to take back containers. You know, retailers are already invested in being in nearly every community um, because they've they found this is a way for, uh, you know, a profitable business model. And it's a convenient way for consumers to buy containers in the first place. So convenience is, um, yeah, has been proven by the data to be a key requirement or uh, an essential requirement for um, a, a high performing deposit return system. I think at the end of the day, it's just intuitive, you know, where no one's going to participate if it's not uh, convenient. Convenient to return it. The, we have a high barrier to, to, to engagement and collection here in the US where it's quite convenient to throw something out or even use your curbside recycling bin. But uh, for all those on-the-go containers that also con- consumed on-the-go, we also need a lot of return locations to make it um, just as convenient as as, um, as throwing something away. Um, so convenience is critical.
0: Thanks to all our listeners who are so committed to learning about modern deposit return systems and the environmental and economic benefits they bring to our communities. In this third episode of Redemption, we heard from Henrietta Schneider, the CEO of a consultancy that supports stakeholder groups in setting up and optimizing and ultimately scaling effective systems for packaging, and Mike Noel, Public Affairs Director for Tomra North America. They highlighted how important it is for a modern DRS to focus on the return to retail approach and to make sure there are sufficient return points in both urban and rural settings to ensure convenience, access, and equity for consumers, and how that in turn drives a high return rate for beverage containers. We hope you'll join us for the fourth episode of Redemption next week when we move to the next essential practice for a modern DRS. Practice number four, compliance and official reporting. We'll hear how the Canadian province of Quebec has built detailed reporting requirements in its new DRS legislation to ensure transparency and benefit government producers and consumers alike. In the meantime, don't forget to visit bottlebillreimagine.org to download the guide or subscribe to our newsletter, Bottle Bill Common Ground. You can also leave a review on Redemption wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember, Working together from a common ground of knowledge about these 10 essential practices for a modern deposit return system, we can move good bottle bills forward.